This is episode 283 of the Gold Squadron Podcast. I'm your host, Dion Morales, and today I'm joined by Marcel. I called it. Pay up, boys. Manzano. Over 100 participants, and I called the winner a week in advance. Like, I'm the winner. <laughs> is that how that works? Yes. Will Hawk Meta Hagwood. Uh, does that make you like nose for Zano or something like that? Something like that. <laughs> Ryan, I would appreciate everyone's cooperation in not playing more Kanan Hawk, please, and thank you, Stan Azuski. Yeah, Kanan is a really good character, but he's a very evil Hawk pilot. I don't like him at all. <laughs> he's quite good. He's quite good. Uh, well, today we're, of course, going to be talking about the conclusion of the Galactic Championship Series. We have crowned a champion, friends. Uh, but first, before we do that, we actually have a special guest that we're going to bring in now. Uh, we did talk him up a little bit yesterday or this weekend during the Galactic Championship, and that is friend of the show. That is the wrong button. One more time. Friend of the show, Wade Pache. Say hi, Wade. Hi, Wade. <laughs> Perfect. He's 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 a professional. All right. So you might be wondering who who is Wade Pache. Maybe you haven't been around. But uh, let me kind of give a little bit of a primer. So uh, if you're not familiar with his work, he used to work at Fantasy Flight Games as uh, basically the person who designed uh, most of the organized play prizes. So you saw those sweet like cards and dice and trophies and all this stuff. Basically, Wade was like, these are all cool things. We should make these. That's a very, very basic uh, <laughs> definition of what Wade did. Wade, you can maybe correct me if there's anything else uh, on top of that that very broad yeah, so, stroke. So for five years, I was the producer on the Organized Play program for all of our games. Um, I didn't do the designs for most of it. I, I had designers for a lot of it, but um, you know, I definitely helped kind of steer the program into, a, I think, a, a good direction. Uh, which I think 2018 was still probably like the peak uh, experience that I, you know, say that I had a part. So. I would agree. I would agree. All right. So, um, so Wade, you know, you you have experience in the board game industry. You are an artist by trade. Those two things met up together to form this game, Aerodome. Now, full disclosure, I did do some work for Wade on uh, the video for his Kickstarter as well as music to go along, some, main, some themes uh, for the game. That's my disclosure. But this segment is not sponsored in any way by the Kickstarter. But technically, if you get the game, I get paid. I got paid for working on it. You know what I mean. That's weird. But that's the I, disclosure. You guys know how that works. <laughs> I'm just being forward. Yeah, money, people are going to be like, uh, money's weird, right? It just kind of all just flies yeah. back and forth. But anyway, Aerodome, Rising Horizons. What is it? So Aerodome is um, the past two years, my passion project that I've been working on on and off uh, that I started focusing on pretty heavily this year. Um, it is a aerial tactical card game um, where in which you essentially assume the role of a single pilot uh, to fight another pilot, your opponent, um, to essentially become champion of the Aerodome. 
which is like a cool kind of like Thunder Dome. I haven't seen this a lot lately. It's like kind of like Thunder Dome uh, meets Mario Kart, I guess. It's like a, a welcome to the Aerodome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> love it. I love it, man. That's awesome. So um, it goes live on Kickstarter tomorrow officially, right? Uh, October 25th, depending on when you're listening, I guess. So um, yeah, yeah. So our, our tomorrow for for us, but yeah, the twenty fifth. Yeah, yeah. So eleven a.m. Uh, I'm hitting the button, um, and yeah. So like the first forty eight hours, I know we're gonna do a early bird uh, tier that if you back, you get a plastic card, um, which I, I know X Wing players uh, definitely love their Spock Loss plastic cards. So I'm gonna make sure people get some of those, um, and yeah, I'm I'm hoping to see a successful Kickstarter. Awesome. So, um, let's. I would like to talk about some some of the similarities and some of the maybe differences. Because uh, obviously this is an X Wing podcast, and some X Wing players might be like, "Well, what? Why would I be interested in this game, Aerodome? What are so first first thing? Like, there are no. Um, there's no. For instance, there's no models in aerodome um doesn't mean that people won't take some stuff and glue it on their 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 pilot their their pilot chits but uh right it's it's a smaller more compact game yeah so it's played on a 14 inch by 24 inch so that's like a standard card game map um and like some of the other similarities i think the biggest similarity is uh really the organized play structure um at least from say 2019 or you know i guess my era of the organized play uh from ffg uh i'm I'm, you know kind of like looking at my five years there what i did right that i really liked and would want to do again and Mm -hmm. what i want to do more of or what i want to try and getting it kind of like the full range to do that but also um uh the comparisons to x-wing yeah i mean it's an aerial combat game Mm -hmm. so obviously you're, you're maneuvering a little fighter around a board um you're playing cards. You're trying to win the initiative, and you're trying to, out you know, outshoot and outlast. So yeah, I mean, and um, I guess one of the other major differences is that it's it's a it's a one one v one game at least mm-hmm. a, a, currently this version of the game. Yeah. So uh, for the most part, that's going to be the main way we do it. Other than a four v four format that I want to support pretty heavily too in competitive, uh, which would be four of your friends or you and three friends. Um, versus uh, four other people in a team style squadron format. That's awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, so, like, if if I if I want to play Aerodome and I want to commit to this, it's it kind of sounds like you're planning on making this more than just like a more than just a, a game in a box and you're you're done with it. You're planning on kind of continuing to support this because i just heard you i heard the words organized play from you i heard the words like kind of continuing what what's the give me the 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 dream what's the the long the long game here well uh, i i like to assume tomorrow will go well um but the dream really is i want to kind of like continue creating like essentially memories and stories for people um i think that's one of the strengths in organized play in general for gaming especially is giving people a chance to like kind of aspire to be something or giving people a chance to kind of like unite with people of similar interests like i mean obviously i know all four of you from x-wing um and you guys you know have kind of become good friends of mine as well and like i I like going out to eat with you guys when when i get a chance from working the events and stuff like that so i i want to keep doing that like i think that's one of the best things about um 
really the ability to run an organized play program. So the dream is um, more expansions. Uh, I want it to be an affordable, uh, I want it to, to be the most com uh, affordable competitive game on the market. Um, I really want to um, kind of like showcase uh, a lot of different types of fighters that we have planned and stuff like that. And I really want to really blow up the amount of customization as well. That's awesome. So, um, let's let's just kind of talk about some some base stats. I saw that you had kind of some images there. About how long does it take me to play a game of Aerodome? Uh, so a typical game is going to take about half an hour. Obviously, your first game should be a little longer, uh, but the core set will come with like um, sixteen pre-built deck or maneuver hands for you to use. Um, so you can get right up right into it without having to worry about like customization off the bat. Um, but 30 minutes is going to be the standard. We actually just held a tournament over the weekend, um, eight players. Uh, but, you know, we, we did four rounds, and we were able to finish in about two and a half hours, which was kind of nice, um, with, like, two games going to time, maybe at most. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty hopeful about kind of, like, that that chunk that I really want. I really wanted it to be, like, a 30-minute game. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that's a very good beer and pretzel-style game time limit. So... That's awesome, man. I'm, I'm, I know I'm excited for the game. Uh, having played it, uh, I know Will played it. Ryan's played it. I think Marcel's maybe the only one who hasn't played it. Nope, never played it. <laughs> All right, so so here well, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Um, wait, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it. I'm I'm waiting for tomorrow for the for the Kickstarter, and I'm definitely gonna play it at some point. But uh, what I need is. The name is awesome, like Aerodome, and I think Dion was hitting on the, uh, you know, Mad Max theme right here. We 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 need to send you to WWE Hype Man um, boot camp. <laughs> you know, like yeah, Aerodome is gonna be the best game you ever played. Yeah. Yeah. Kill the opponents, win the top prize. You know, we we gotta like. Alright. Rise I'm to the creep with the crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we want a Macho Man Randy Savage style promo. Yeah, yeah, actually. I'm, I'm like, like I'm getting one my of the tears boiled up for it. Like I'm, I'm ready to play. Yeah, one, one of the tears just send me to a Macho Man Randy Savage boot camp. Yeah. I'm in. All I'm right. in. Make it the top. We'll oh, make yeah. we'll make it happen. <laughs> talk, talk, talk to Zach Matthews. I'm pretty sure he'd head that up. <laughs> <laughs> or there you go. There's your uh there's your hype, man. Uh, and I know one of the things that we plan on doing, Wade, is um, uh, once a year, the, the the guys and I, we do what we call the Gold Squadron Showdown. And we usually have, like, we do a little X-Wing tournament round robin. We're planning on doing amongst each other uh, the, the, the day before we usually have time to do something else. Uh, we're planning on doing an Aerodome competition that we're gonna we're gonna live stream here between the four of us to see who will take the Aerodome Championship between us the the, the inaugural Gold Squadron Aerodome Championship. <laughs> when, when is that gonna be? Uh, we're working on dates. So it's gonna be sometime sometime in the winter. But we're, right now things are up okay. in the air because I got a, a a baby. But you're not that far away. Maybe you want to come and and um I, and, say, and referee. You might need a ref. Yeah, gotta, we need to judge. Get one of those striped shirts. <laughs> I love it. 
So, uh, but yeah, there are there are physical components. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys kind of watched in the background uh, the video there, but you have uh, you have cards, and uh, so my understanding, Wade, is the um, obviously we were using beta components to to shoot this video, um, but the it's going to be cardboard, those hexagons that represent the ships, correct? Correct. Um, out of the box, it's going to be punch. There's 16 different pilots, so each pilot has their own punch. Um, and it's just a two inch hex uh, that players are using. Uh, there are premium options. So the deluxe edition, which is $100, will come with like uh, plastic ones, which will be really cool. Um, those are down. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> um, and then also the, um, yeah, right there. Uh, and then I, I introduced a champion tier, which is essentially just a collection of all the premium stuff I plan on selling in the future anyways uh, but those will come with yeah you can see them there too but like uh these really cool like well, that's loud uh metal <laughs> <laughs> tokens um which are enamel filled and you know die struck um two and two millimeter thick you know like these are hefty boys and i uh i actually really like using them i think they it really helps the game pop because um, i think one of the game one of the reasons one of the things i want to do with aerodome is i really wanted the colors to kind of be vibrant and noticeable from across the room um just to kind of draw the eye to a game that maybe people, you know, probably wouldn't have heard of otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, uh, I think, yeah, definitely with these, with these, and even with like the the standard uh, token set, I think it's it's gonna look great on the table. I agree. I agree. And I know one of the things that you are doing with your Kickstarter, if I'm not mistaken, if we have anybody who either owns a game store or you know somebody who does ordering, you are doing a retail tier, not just uh, like a person to person tier. Yep, uh, and like I, I do want to help out retailers a lot. Uh, so the retail tiers include like there will be a just a free poster in there as well as a, a stack of promos for them to give away as well uh, to help and try and draw some interest. Um, and they also get, um, depending on the six or twelve box that they buy, they'll get a, a random plastic card for each course that they order to for free. That's uh, awesome. As well as you know cheaper shipping and uh, I think there's a decent discount on that too. So. That's awesome, man. Uh, and obviously, stretch goals, you know, you, all the things that you would expect from a Kickstarter are here, but uh, check it out. We're going to have it once it's actually live because it's like a preview link that Wade sent me. Uh, we'll have it live in our chat, exclamation point, Aerodome, just to basically just jump yourself there. Uh, but Wade, man, uh, I want to say, you know, cool game. I, I think it's super fun. Thank you for involving me in it. And um, I'm excited to see how this goes. And, and I see, you know I was excited to play Aerodome when we were doing that video shoot. And it was like 1 o'clock in the morning. I was like, hey, you, you want to you play it? game before bed <laughs> I, was like, yeah. and I was like oh man what? the the good thing is i knew how long the game takes so right exactly <laughs> it's not like hey let's take out this three hour long board game and try to figure it out now isofane's asking are you going to do aerodome giveaways for stream that's yet to be seen we have to wait and see but maybe i would say the day where we do the gsp showdown that would be an appropriate day to definitely do it yeah. so that could be fun. Otherwise, I mean, I'm, you know, once I actually start getting some products and stuff uh, more at hand, I think it would be fairly easy to help you guys or, like, you know, support 
random right. giveaways and stuff like that. Uh, that's right. We'll, stickers. We'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it happen. We'll wait, my man. We want to just say uh, thank you for your time, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to playing more. Now that Aerodome's going to be in people's hands, actually being able to play it so uh, with with more people. So super excited. Yeah, I'm super excited to see it too. And I can't. I mean, it's a game built off like around the community for the community so I'm, I'm really excited to get it in the hands of the community so. oh i remember one other question people were asking so is oh. is this box like is this it for aerodome it's like a one set thing and you're done what's uh, what's the plan there no so uh, towards the end of the kickstarter you'll even see uh well one of the stretch goals is i just throw in i, I mean it's a it's a big stretch goal it's a hundred thousand but uh i just throw in the first expansion but then, you know, down here at Future Ideas, I talk about, yeah, like there's there's six expansions we're already working on um, in the background. Uh, we're testing about 50 pilots total with over 500 new cards. Uh, and that, that's just season one. Um, the idea is like, and like, uh, I think the idea is like, I don't want people to spend more than like a hundred or $200 a year on the game mm -hmm. um, to be competitive. Like I want right. people to be competitive without having to break bank. Mm -hmm. um, so like the expansions will add but i, I don't want to go overboard on it so like they'll probably come out you know we'll see we'll see how the kickstarter goes um but obviously hopefully soon thereafter and then i do plan on season two i already told you the the name of season two is uh the working title is scattered winds um which is like another fun name i think i i chuckled when i came up with rising horizons <laughs> yeah but um uh yeah scattered winds is gonna be uh, a lot of fun um and bring in some interesting new elements as well. And I mean, I, I, if I'm being honest, I'm thinking five seasons ahead. So that's awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to see what Aerodome has to bring. Uh, thank you so much for your time. And to disconnect from the call, all you got to do is X the window. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Hey, Wade. Scattered winds reminds me of like the day after Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to destroy you four. In the showdown for our Ouch. inaugural, I'm just letting you know, like it's happening. I'm, I've been practicing. I got my beta set over here, man. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. That's cheating. <laughs> no, that's cheating. That's cheating. We'll give you. We'll give you the Aerodome win. We ain't getting Actually, the X Wing win. Um, how do we? Well, we didn't ask, but maybe next time we can yeah. ask. Um, if, is there any any plans for? Um, you know, getting it on like a TTS or a just uh, so people can practice before they. That that yeah. I have no idea. That yeah. I, that I do not know. Well, wait, you're probably still watching. So if you're still watching, let us know. <laughs> There's a weird dynamic with that because at the same time, obviously, it's it's beneficial for the audience to have that accessibility. Right. But it's not so beneficial for the person trying to sell the game. I wonder and then again this is this is completely like question is there are tabletop simulator mods that are sold, right? So I yeah. I have I have zero ideas in what's involved with that, but may, that could especially for a he is a this is, that is a small business. This is one guy. He's got an idea. He's he's going for the moon. Um, I don't know what's involved with that, but maybe maybe making a way to make that viable uh, could be a way to make it happen. All right. So that is uh, that is that. So 
my friends, let us go ahead and uh, we're going to welcome in, welcome in our, uh, our champion. We'll see, uh, we'll see if he's available. Okay, he'll say ready for you. But yes, this weekend we had our Galactic Championship, friends. This has been a uh, whew, a bunch of bunch of qualifiers. We had five qualifiers leading up to this. Lots of time, and honestly, with perfect timing, because one of the other kind of tidbits of news that we got, uh, Ryan, I'll go ahead and let you let you drop what you what you screenshotted us in uh, in the chat earlier. So it was someone on Twitter asked AMG, they're like, hey, is there any chance you could uh, maybe drop the points for the upcoming uh, release of Yavin and in general any other points changes before the weekend because I want to play X-Wing with this, this event and it'd be cool if, if the people that I was running this event for had time to list build. Now, obviously, I assume not really expecting a legitimate response or acknowledgement, but... AMG responded, not only uh, saying that um, the fact that the points are coming, obviously this week is confirmed before, at least on the Friday, but they said, on the third work day of the week, look to the east, <laughs> in reference to uh, Lord of the Rings, um, but the fact that, hey, look out for Wednesday. So there's a chance we get these points a couple days before the release of Battle of Yavin. But they're on the west. That was one of the first comments as well. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, when I looked at the east, I'm like, New York? Oh, man. Oh. It's, it's a two towers reference. Come on. It, Battle exactly. of Helm's Deep. I hear a voice. Yes, there is a, the voice. The voice, Whoa. I will tell you, this mysterious the voice, voice uh, can, cannot be heard quite yet by the people. But we will bring in that voice in yes. a very obvious way. In one moment, the voice uh, in my head said, and I was, and I was thinking the exact same thing, was that's a Lord of the Rings specific quote. If you change it to the West, it's not as lined up as a quote from the movie. There are people that look to the East. Not everyone's west of C Seattle, Marcel. All right, so Hawaii, <laughs> Alaska. Okay, you got two. I mean, well, the world's round, I mean, according to there, some theories. There are theories. people who play X-wing out of the United States as well. I know, but if you're when when they flatten out the the map and when they do the like the time meridian or whatever they call it, uh, like Japan and the the tip of Russia are like, you know, on, on that side. Isn't the prime meridian cut through Europe, not Asia? Which, well, whatever. When the time zone like becomes from, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to be I like correct. The, I, like, I like time meridian. That's uh, <laughs> that's. When the, the thing, you know, the, yeah, UTC zero. We, we understand. Yeah, there you go. European listeners, uh, go ahead, clarify for us in whatever it, way. It doesn't. We know when it comes from like one day to the next day. It's like in in this. Uh, I'm on Tuesday. I'm on Wednesday. I'm on Tuesday. I'm on Wednesday. If you're sitting right on that line, jumping back and forth. All right. Well, um, so one other little piece of tidbit news as we flip over and now that voice is available that uh, we are joined by our galactic champion, Cameron Murray. Say hello. Hello. All right. 
That was that was perfect. Hello. Thank you. Audio is checked. Uh, but quick note before we jump into this segment. I forgot to mention this earlier. Uh, while AMG has not does not have a what I'm going to call a new website. I do want to say that they did update at least their landing page for it to say X-Wing. Now, right when you go to uh, Atomic Mass Games, the first thing you see is Legion, followed by X-Wing, Armada, and then Crisis Protocol. All the other pages look the same, but I, I want to give them slight props. I know that Marcel Mar Marcel shakes his head because he's like, this type of business should have a much better website than this. But I just want to give them a little props that it doesn't have a giant Marvel scene right when you go um, and you have to like click through a bunch of things in order to actually get to X-Wing. So just a little props to AMG. Thank you. Whoever, whoever updated that image, we appreciate you. All right. Our galactic champion, Cameron Murray. Tell us a little bit about yourself, friend. By the way, doesn't have a camera, but we have his voice. And in the spot where his face would be, I put the card that honors him in that spot. Uh, everybody who played in the galactic championship will be getting a copy of that Rook cast card. Features, of course, Rook cast in the background. You can see that sweet fire spray that, uh, that Cameron runs both in person and online. Who painted that up, Cameron? Uh, Kaz. Kaz did in, uh, the online version for me, mm -hmm. but the uh, the original was done by Lightcraft Miniatures for the Nova Open Charitable Foundation draw. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was uh, it's such a full fleet of scum ships. There's, I think, eight of them. So I have the Fire Spray, a Lancer, uh, a Skurg, I had two six uh, Seek Fighters, a Kiraz, and a Star Viper. And they're all done in that Sabine style. <clears throat> yep absolutely absolutely I mean, it's it's absolutely beautiful so yeah uh that card will be part of that set it'll be double-sided also if you want to check out on the discard i also released the uh the mustafar uh qualifier winner their card is available to see on there at first uh but yeah so kim let's go ahead let's break down your list let's start there what'd you bring uh it to the championship uh, so I brought uh, Boba Rook Kanan, which is the thing I've been kind of flying around in various archetypes the last several months. Uh, I started off flying Boba Koshka Kanan, and I flew that to Gen Con, and I made cut. And it was pretty okay. I lost to Grasser's Defender Vader twice, uh, <laughs> once in Swiss and then once again in the cut. Uh, Dion and I actually played first round of cut. We sure great did. time. At a very, very silly game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, basically over a couple of tournaments and like a bit of online play, I also played uh, Koshka in the XTC final as well. And I made the decision that Koshka was just kind of dying too fast on me. And so I started playing around with the other seven point options in Scum. And I eventually landed on this Rook, which is uh, very, very hard to kill. Uh, also puts out a ton of damage, takes up a ton of board space, is just in your face the whole time, throwing out strain with Notorious, throwing triple modded shots sometimes. Uh, it's just an incredible piece to have on the table. <clears throat> All right, so with the points coming out next week, Cam, I, I, I got to ask. I got to ask this question. Um, what is the strat Like, so... Somebody's playing against you. What is the first piece you do not want them to go after? 
Like, what is oh. what is the 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 piece where you're like, oh no, they figured it out, or they they are <laughs> making the right choice. Um, so there's two options when you have my list. Uh, if you have a strong alpha, so you're throwing like four and five die attacks, you go for Kanan. He is annoying to kill, very annoying to kill, but once he dies, the other two ships will melt as long as you can survive. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other thing to keep in mind, though, is that because both of them have veteran tail gunner, you don't want to split up your list uh, as much, but we'll get into that in a bit. Because basically, uh, the entire point of my list is to force you into jousting Rook, because you can't joust Boba, because Boba has chaff missiles. So, uh, unfortunately, the way to beat my list is also kind of playing into my hand, more or less, but you still have to kill Kanan, otherwise Rook is very difficult to do anything to at all. Um, the couple games I've lost, Kanan's died very early, or Rook has gone down in just insane variants from, like, range 3. Mm -hmm. When we played um, for the last one, mm -hmm. were you on the? I, I don't remember. I, I remember we played, but yeah. were you on I, the uh, on the gauntlet or were you on? I was I was Crystal? on the gauntlet for this one, yeah. And uh, in that one, you killed Kanan on turn three. I want to say because uh, you got behind Rook with most of the Tie Swarm. And then, uh, like, Kanan just died on, like, turn three. And then, like, from there, I don't have a ton of options to engage that many ships. And then, like, you ran away with the objectives because I can't... Like, I can't kill your ships fast enough to get there. Uh, which comes into, like, the, the biggest struggle for this list is salvage. Uh, I can put out a maximum of five shots a turn. But right. that's entirely ideal scenarios. That's with a ship in front and behind of both Boba and Rook. That almost never happens. Um, in salvage, I'm likely to get three shots a turn, and if I don't roll a crit or kill a ship, I do not pop a box off. So I'm just constantly running after usually three agility, like, token-stacked ships, trying to get boxes back. <laughs> give, give, uh, give, give me that box! <laughs> come back here! Give me the box! I need it! Um, and, like, Boba doesn't really want to carry boxes. Uh, Kanan uh, just kind of, uh, has one, usually, but... Oftentimes, he'll take a straight crit here and there because he only has two agility. And Rook is the same way. She can hold it, but she usually gets focus fired anyway. Mm -hmm. So just any old crit kind of gets through. Tags her one, and then I lose it. So when you heard, uh, by the way, for people who don't know, uh, one thing new that we did at the Galactic Championship was a scenario veto system, a double-blind veto system only for the final. And essentially, the players had four cards. They could choose to veto one in secret. They flipped it over simultaneously. And then the scenario was chose from the other available uh, scenarios. So when you found out that we were doing that, did that – Give you some joy for your list, knowing that salvage is so uh, slighted against your list. Um, it definitely helps a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, actually, the fun fun fact: I played Canadian, uh, what it's basically a Canadian Nationals, uh, which was the St. Lawrence Open, mm -hmm. uh, two weekends ago, and in that we did pull. It was a full random like roll, and we rolled salvage on the final, uh, which did definitely uh, impact that uh, that game. Because um, it is very heavily weighted against my list, and also my list's archetype in general, which is definitely fair. Uh, this type of three-ship list probably shouldn't be doing as well as it is currently, uh, especially with the amount of swarms floating around. 
Mm -hmm. I'm actually, like, honestly kind of shocked that I made it this far in general, especially uh, going through two salvage missions to make it to the final. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, like, um, definitely in the finals, being able to just veto, like, almost what I basically consider uh, probably like a 25% uh, odds of victory scenario for me, just removing that from the pool, is uh, very good for me in general. Okay, all right. Uh, Will, Marcel, Ryan, any questions about his list? Uh, I guess two questions. Uh, when you played the two previous salvage games, obviously one of them had to be the elimination bracket, I assume, right? So you won that one to move on to the finals. But uh, did you win or lose in Swiss for salvage? I lost. It was uh, round one, round one of Swiss, okay. and I lost to... Oh my gosh, I'm going to blank on his name now. Um... Kyle Burgo. Okay, if I, remember I think correctly. he was in the cut. I remember that name. Yeah, he was flying Republic. Okay. Uh, and and uh, yeah, we had an interesting. That was game. the Obi Annie Hound. Yeah, it was yeah the Obi Annie Hound. It was like um a variant of Duncan's list from Gen Con. Mm -hmm. The like three aces and then the lat type deal. <clears throat> um, what did Steven veto? Uh, Steven vetoed Chance. Do you think that was the right choice? Uh, for him at the time, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Although, it depends. He could have vetoed uh, Scramble, which is what we ended up playing. And I think that probably would have gone better for him. Just because I think he can get half points on my ships faster than I can half both the Decimators. Mm -hmm. uh, that being said, um, my ships can kind of stay put in the middle of the table a little easier. And if he ever splits up the two Fire Sprays, it brings Veteran Tail Gunner into play. And with zero agility, if I happen to roll decently on green dice, if I get ahead in that damage race, it's very, very hard for him to come back into it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, f I figured uh, salvage or chance is a much closer decision on that one. Generally, when I see lists that have like a boba or a rook, that your high point ships that take forever to actually kill, um, I personally like having, if I had the choice, to have chance engagement there so that when I when I've gotten to that half point mark, I'm getting a large chunk of points in return for doing that. So when Boba does present himself, it's still really hard to kill him. But there's I'm pretty sure you know there's plenty of games where he's gone to half or more. Oh, absolutely. Um, half like not having half points in three quarters of the scenarios is a really uh, odd one. Uh, mostly because a lot of people would think that like a list like mine would love to play chance in engagement, mm -hmm. but a lot of the time it just comes down to I half point a ton of three hell, uh, three point ships. I get one point for every one I half. They half one of my ships. They get four points for half on Boba, three points for half on Rook, or two points for half on Kanan. And it's like it's a lot of points to be just giving up willy nilly. Um, uh, I understand why Steven went that way, though, because Decimators in general are just prone to eating a ton of damage up front, and then they often limp away with one or two health as well, uh, and not wanting to, like, give up six-ish points on the two seven-point ships makes sense to me. Uh, Salvage ironically favors him heavily because he's running the Reaper, which uh, can boost with the crate, and there's no way in hell I can catch that. It's just way too, way too fast mm. on the medium base. Uh, and then having the cloaking Tie Fighter uh, be able to like swoop in, grab a box, and then bail is also really strong. <clears throat> 
So I got a question for you. So we know that these points are coming out. If you were to continue flying this list and Kanan goes up in points, are you – let's say nothing else changes. He just goes up in points. Are you keeping Kanan and dropping something else? Or are you dropping Kanan and putting something else in that four-point slot? I, I, what I'm trying to gauge is the value. What 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 do you think oh. that value is? So right now, Kanan's the only reason this uh, archetype even functions in Scum. Oh, okay. That that is that, that is a that is a stamp of approval if I've heard one. Uh, basically, any number of things can just immediately kill this archetype. Uh, Kanan losing his crew slot would be one of them. Um, Kanan going up to five, which would be weird, but okay. Uh, Rook going up to eight also kind of kills this. There's other similar archetypes that you could still run. Uh, Double Fire Sprays and Han comes to mind. Uh, that was the other scum list that made a deep run into cut. That was, it was, it was that, exactly like, that, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's basically, uh, the problem with scum right now is that almost all of scum's power is at six plus points. So, uh, unfortunately, everyone else gets a bunch of stuff that can deal damage at like three and four, and Scum doesn't really have damage dealing options that are consistent at those point values. So if you want consistent damage output, you have to go higher, but then your ships die to the lower cost things, so you need something that's there to keep either keep them alive. Mm -hmm. In the double fire spray list, that's running double chaff. And then you have Han for your ace insurance. He's there to keep stuff like Kylo, uh, Defender Vader, Normal Vader, Poe, Honest. He mm -hmm. keeps them honest. He's constantly on their butts, being like, oh, if you take stress, I should shoot extra dice. The double chaff removes mods off all the stuff that's going to murder your fire sprays instantly. And then off you go, like, milling around with fire sprays, playing like their uh, RZ2 A-weights with big guns. Right. <laughs> and, and you run away, and you shoot them. And then hopefully you take enough off the board to start with that you end up in a more even game state towards the end. Uh, whereas if you remove stuff like Kanan from the field... Uh, running Boba Fett is, in my opinion, no longer really an option. Uh, he usually doesn't score his nine points in the game. Uh, sometimes he does if my opponents play into it, uh, especially into the veteran tail gunner. Uh, if you keep all your ships on one side of Boba, though, it's going to be very, very hard for him to get any kind of value out of it. And then on top of that, if you get some bad variants or he ends up in range two at any point in time, he can just melt to the right. amount of damage output that's out there right now. All right, my other my other question here is I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick you in the game developer seat, and I said, all right, you gotta change something about Kanan. It's a problem. Let's say it was. Let's say let's say let's say that was your opinion. What do you think the the elegant fix for that ship would be? Uh, so it depends. If you want to leave him at four, you pull the crew slot and throw him a bunch of extra loadout. Because uh, he still can't take titles, so he's still never going to be a gun. Right. Uh, you can remove the crew slot and drop him to three with the ten loadout he has now. That gives you options to take bombs, elicits, etc. The problem with doing that is that uh, if you go down to three points, he's competing with Gamut. Uh, Gamut is probably the best support piece that Scum has at three points. Okay. Uh, bar none, because he can coordinate and then hold tokens round to round. Uh, Kanan only being able to like do his thing on one shot per round is kind of terrible. Uh, <laughs> well, most, that's that's that's, 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 values, <laughs> that's uh, why I have Maul on him. Right. Uh, the other option you could do is errata him to not work on himself. That's the uh, the other option. Okay. 
All right, I so those through slots a pretty strong starting point to be honest. It really is not only having access to being able to put any force crew on there, but specifically Maul, who can just say, if, if I take damage, it's going to be one because I'm Kanan. Right. Maybe two in some rare instances. And well, then I'm just going to get the force back and continually being able to use my ability. And, and the real problem is that if you drop just the loadout, he can take the child and do somewhat similar things. It's not as good, in my opinion. Uh, but you could do somewhat similar things. But the real problem with Maul is that even if I take two damage, I can take two stress and get two force back. Which makes it ridiculously difficult to kill him when you're trying to focus him down, unless you have a ton of shots just pour into him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it's interesting. And then my, my, my last question about, about the Hawk is, I feel in... This Galactic Championship, we had seven people run it, okay? Uh, obviously, you went the farthest with it. Um, why Why do you think we haven't seen more of it? Obviously, it's really good, right? We, You gave a great example, you know, the games we were able to see on how powerful and flexible it can be, especially uh, with that mall crew allowing you to recycle that, that force consistently. Uh, do you think... What do you think is the reason why we're not seeing more of it? Uh, swarms, more or less. Uh, there are a bunch of six-plus ship lists flying around. Uh, you can nuke two shots, sure. Here's five more is a great answer to Kanan in the Hawk in general. <laughs> true, true, true. Uh, also, a lot of it is just people haven't seen it played. Uh, it hasn't seen a ton of exposure uh, outside of this specific archetype. Mm -hmm. And... In terms of, like, four-point ships and scum, while it's up there with some of the better ones, it also isn't there to deal damage. Uh, sure, Kanan's shot sometimes matters, but often it's he's not even shooting. Mm -hmm. He's out of range three of the engagement entirely, just protecting his buddies. And uh, honestly, like, if you put him into other scum... Uh, archetypes, fitting him in with like three or four other ships is weird because then in Scum you don't really have a damage dealer in that case in a lot of instances. You're just trying to throw a bunch of small attacks or a bunch of ionizing effects mm -hmm. and hoping for the best. So it's like a balancing act between yeah, he's good at protecting like these big expensive ships but then like it's Oh, if he might be too restricting if I put him in a swarm, I have to stay in his firing arc, which can sometimes make people predictable. Right. And he's also I3. The meta's kind of pushed into like an I4 and above type deal, which isn't great, especially if you end up against like Republic, who's just like, yeah, I'm just going to arc dodge Kanan and throw like three, five die shots into him with crack shot. And hey, he's dead. Neat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, do you guys have any other questions for Cam, or are you guys ready to move on to our other lists? All right. Looks like they're ready. But before we let you go, Cam, give us a story. How did Cam come to X-Wing? Oh, my. Um, this goes back to 2016. Uh... I had a friend named Alex who uh, introduced me to a person he'd met online, and his name was John. And now John is blind, 100% blind, okay? Mm -hmm. John has a board game collection that he has brailed and, like, uh, converted himself to be accessible to him. 
Okay. Uh, and we used to go over and we'd play board games with John all the time. And so one day, John said, hey, I found this new game. It's called X-Wing. I like Star Wars. I know you guys like Star Wars. Let's try it out. So we ended up playing X-Wing with uh, my buddy John in his basement. And then uh, he basically like poked around the internet, found out there was tournaments for it. So in 2016, I played my first store championship with John. And uh, I actually won that store championship. Uh, and yeah, so like John and I have been playing tournaments uh, for seven years now. And uh, Marcel actually played John at one of the Canadian Nationals, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was the same one that you were there at, Dion. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. a good time. And John, John is just an absolutely wonderful person. Um, yeah. And he, he introduced me to X-Wing. Well, that's and, awesome. Uh, yeah. We still play. How, how does he play X-Wing? Oh, so John is uh, insane. Uh, <laughs> he's probably the <laughs> Number best one. Uh, yeah, so John is very special, let's say. John visualizes the entire game board. Uh, I'm not being like facetious or anything. He very legitimately visualizes the entire game board. And usually when we play tournaments, we'll have someone be his, like, quote-unquote eyes. And they'll basically put his hand over where his ship is and point the direction it's facing. And they'll put his finger over where the obstacles are around his ship. And they'll move his hand over to where his opponent's ships are and point out where they're facing. And he'll go, okay, I'm going to do this. And they'll whisper in, his, in their ear and they'll set those dials. And then he'll play tournaments like that. Uh, yeah, John it, has it, won tournaments like that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it is, I think insane is the, or in a, uh, insanely genius is, is in a, like, I, I think it's like Daredevil-esque. You know, it, it, very much, it very much stoner. feels like that. <laughs> because I do remember when we played, uh, you know, the, the the person, I forgot who it was that was helping him that day, but they would put his hand just here. I think they would put like, you know, a specific part of the hand here, 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 here. And then they would like angle to say like he's facing like, you know, in this direction, in this angle. And... Uh, like he had the spacing correct like he would know okay if i do a three hard it's gonna it's gonna land because you know i can i know how far it goes between it, it was it was pretty um so you're saying wild. we should we should start blindfolding ourselves for x-wing to get better if you want to uh, get better yeah. apparently we'll we'll get better. they'll deceive you that's <laughs> like the John did host a blindfolded X-wing tournament here in our <laughs> local region once. That's it was, awesome! Uh, it was it was pretty fun. Uh, <laughs> playing uh, blind is incredibly difficult, <laughs> especially oh. if if you played sighted the entire time first. And then uh, you know, as a joke, he was like, "I'll play the winner," <laughs> and I'm like, "That's not a fair game. It's not even remotely, <laughs> not even remotely a fair game." He's just coming in as a juggernaut. He's like, I'll play the winner." It's like, okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, it might even sound. I, mean, I don't know if, like, if have if you've even ever tried to eat blindfolded like the spoon will end up in your cheek or in your eyeball i like well, it is, yeah it, i was it, thinking it, more it like tabletop simulator so you at least still see your dials and stuff but you uh, yeah. put one of those hidden, oh, the hidden boxes zones the board, whatever yeah that'd be insanity 
and it's only revealed in combat. <laughs> but oh, during moving, going? you just have to oh. let it let it ride. Wouldn't it be crazy to have like on TTS or on something like that, like a fog of war effect? That's like kind of what could, it would be, yeah. Yeah, yeah like as your ships. Are, no, I mean a fog of war would be more like nearsighted, where like as your ships are moving. Like you're opening up that space, you're so you don't know where the opponent is. Oh, until... yeah. Well, you could. You have to. You have to look for enemies by target locking. You know, you gotta scan <laughs> the area around you to look through the fog of war. Uh, that would be, and you can only like only as you move, only your arc opens up. Interesting. Fun idea. Interesting, uh, well, but. TTS mod, but anyway, we're <laughs> off topic. <laughs> it's all right. Well, Cam, uh, we want to say thank you so much for your time and um, congratulations. I'm, I'm sure it feels good to uh, basically get back-to-back tournament wins, and uh, you know this second one's a pretty big one. Oh, I didn't. I didn't win Canadian Nationals. I just made finals. Oh, he just just made the finals. Oh yeah, you're right. It was it was uh, Brendan who Brendan. won that one, right? It was my uh, X-wing team Canada teammate Brendan Osmond Damon who won the Canadian Nationals. Yeah, uh, he's also uh, in my league, and we're joking that like we're the best league on the planet because we have the two winners, the two huge winners. But, well, yeah. best league in Canada, maybe. Let's. Oh sure. You know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no evidence of Canada performing well in the main, uh, you know, the worldwide on in, stage on in, or anything. An international so. X-wing? No, there's nah. there's no evidence of that. No, none none at all. Well, with that, <laughs> we will say bye to Cam. <laughs> all right, thank you so much, my friend. You're you're awesome. Thank you for your time, man. Yeah. Have a good night, guys. Good night. All right, boys. We'll uh, we'll continue here again. Cam Murray, uh, super awesome guy, out of Canada, and uh, has been a thorn in the side of Team USA for XTC, which is what they were uh, jovially talking about uh, there. But let's go ahead. Let's keep it going. Speaking of uh, Team USA, well, speaking oh, of uh, Team USA oh. and Team Canada, the last two tournaments were Team USA, Team Canada. Uh, finals and team canada won both so yeah they they're they're on a they're on a roll all right well let's uh let's keep it rolling here speaking of team usa steve Catillo in second place our runner-up take it will a mute button there it is okay steve is fine a Imperial list. I uh, has but one Jinkoist uh, with a cloaking device. Has brought Vizier in the Reaper with Captain Hark. That's the red maneuver for a focus and seven sister uh, crew. I got Captain Oiken uh, with uh, Ruthless Death Trooper Smith Brother Dauntless Mornaki with Darth Raider Triple Zero BT One. Uh, the combination of Jinkoist plus uh, these abilities uh, like Death Troopers and Darth Vader uh, is um, very powerful, we'll say. Most of these abilities like Jimmingus would give you a choice, like you could remove a token if you don't want to suffer my effect. Same thing with Darth Vader. You could remove a token uh, to not take damage, uh, but when you have the Death Troopers active preventing you from clearing stress, now you can't even take the actions and that illusion of choice quickly dissipates. Uh, plus you're, uh, you're having to deal with these massive 16, wait, 16? Yes, 
16 uh, health ships uh, normally uh, reinforced, if not double reinforced with Morna, uh, creates a, a, a big problem for the opponent when they start gauging what can I actually kill uh, in this round. And most of the time it ends up being just the Jingoist. Uh, but yeah, some great synergy there. Um, an evolution of uh, like a putting a Jingo Jingo Wampa uh, in there, which we saw from like Catch, uh, mm. which I blatantly stole for Gen Con. Uh, but this is Steve's evolution of it. You flew it in XTC uh, to uh, good enough success. Uh, Team USA did very well. Um, well, we did well. We, we hit that 50-50 mark. Uh, so uh, still applying it, though. Still a, uh, a nasty list to face against. If you need your focus tokens, if you don't like running into large base ships, uh, you're going to have a bad time. All right. Let's keep it going. William Hayes, a.k.a. Sevwall, here in our top four. Take it, Marcel. All right, uh, William Hayes uh, flew uh, Grudge with elusive electroshaft missiles, skilled bombardier, proximity mines, and delayed fuses, uh, Scorch with a shield upgrade, uh, Commander Maurus with marksmanship and clusters, that's Commander Maurus on the TIE Fighter FO. And then um, this is where it breaks off from from the more popular version is Captain Phasma. With, it's not even the same version at this point. It's a completely different list, but it's Captain Phasma with a TIE SF fighter, Prod Tradition, Fire Control System, Pattern Analyzer, Special Forces Gunner, and that Prod Tradition Pattern Analyzer uh, just play really well together, allowing you to do a red maneuver and target lock focus or barrel roll or action focus, uh, barrel roll focus or target lock focus any um and basically every other turn because you do it one turn then you so it's it it kind of gives you that uh commander poe effect where you're getting two actions every other turn if you want if you're doing your red maneuvers followed by a blue maneuver um quick draw with proud edition elusive uh, elusive pattern analyzer special forces gunner fire control system and shield upgrade again playing um, using that proud tradition and pattern analyzer together uh, in the same way. So that's another initiative six, taking double actions every other turn if, if they want. Well, a quick question for you guys. Like, what, why, why did this not become popular on, until only, like, in the last month when we've been in the same meta for... I like mean, we, we talked about it in length last time about Quickdraw versus Kylo, that it feels still, like... Did, but it's still within the last month. I think we had that conversation about um, a week or two ago. Uh, Kylo's I-5 is mm -hmm. uh, sometimes not as helpful as you might think. The I-6 uh, was pretty beneficial. Uh, plus, you're getting uh, six health on these SFs versus the, the what do I want to say, the, the five health of the Whisper. Right. Well, I guess uh, my, my question was, why haven't we seen the SFs as much until until just like the last month? So because the SFs with pattern and and proud. I mean, I think they're good. I just don't just think amazing. people people just copy pasta crispy. Right. Yeah, so it, it's hard to say because they're just sort of emerging um, as a viable option. 
um i think it it really only stood out when i think the last gsp event when charles holcomb went top in swiss with it just overall um i think phasma is a really underrated ship in the effect that her ability matters a lot um, I don't know. I didn't get to see any of the streams over the weekend, so I don't know how William flew this and how often he put quick draw right next to Phasma to make you say, if you shoot Phasma, uh, it's they were go they were they were linked. They were attached at the hip. Yeah, yeah, and that sounds like a great combination. Um, and, you know, and it works for this. Obviously, you already have Grudge. You got Scorch. You got Maurus. Those are great base three ships to start pieces, and then you have ten points remaining to figure out. Normally, we've seen Dread and Kylo. Um, while Kylo doesn't have the I-6, he does have 3 Force, which is still really powerful. Conditional 3 Agility, really good still. Generally comes up pretty often because people would want to modify their attacks, which sometimes requires them to spend a green token, or they don't have one because they got chaffed. Um, but this one, um, I think w with this list... As, at least with Phasma inclusion and potentially Quick Draw as well, because this Quick Draw is not an Afterburner's Quick Draw, as we see. It's a Shield Upgrade Quick Draw. So, if necessary, both of these ships are very capable and probably willing to pick up salvage boxes. That was one of the weaknesses that was kind of discovered early on, and I think at least back at Gen Con that we saw when Crispy and Nathan Eide faced off in a cut on stream, is you saw the deficit that the FO list could get into in a salvage matchup. Phasma is an excellent salvage carrier. Because you Phasma's ability could just pass the, cr the crit to someone else. It's a must, but you're going to want to do it to hold on to a box. Right. Asma's great for that. Um, and then, you know, having the quick draw I-6 double shots is pretty good. I mean, we know this. So, um... Uh, what did I see? Them. What did I see uh, during one of the matches? Oh, he, uh, he bumped into another ship i think he bumped into phasma took the friendly bump damage and then took a shot at somebody in activation yep which is just yep. like like i mean like, it is an i6 so wow. other things probably did already have their tokens to deal with that unless it was mm -hmm. another i6 that hasn't moved yet which could be really scary i forget what i was shooting at uh it was a mother first order list i think a whisper or something like that but a lot of interesting tricks with it. Yeah, if, if we expect these points update to kind of hit the FO bombers, um, if Phasma stays at that four cost, it's a pretty good swap in if uh, any of those bombers either go up to five or just don't have a desirable loadout to take it four still. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, the, the quick draw, it's, man, I will... I've always got, have gone back and forth on on quick draw, but having that Phasma there, she she's definitely an enabler. Definitely good stuff. All right, let's keep it going. George Castaneda, top four. Take it, Ryan. We have a reemergence of a scum archetype that we saw early in GSP Galaxies events. We hadn't seen it in a bit. We have the uh, Han Falcon and two fire sprays. We got Han you know, with trick shot Lando crew ahsoka tano crew engine upgrade and lando's millennium falcon we have Iman 
with Jamming Beam, Electro Chaff Missiles, The Child, Andrasta, and Proxmines, and then Cath Scarlet with Marksmanship, Jamming Beam, Electro Chaff, Maul, Marauder, Veteran Tail, Gunner. Um, very good loadout across the board for all these ships. Um, I think, I think Cath Scarlet or Cast Scarlet has one more loadout than Kashka Frost. So you could lose marksmanship to go to Kashka. I know a lot of people prefer Kath because then you have both fire sprays moving at the same time at I4, which has its benefits. Right. And obviously a lot of people preferring the I4. I just see Kashka as a, a bubble light sometimes. A lot of things sometimes get stressed and Kashka getting those rerolls is good. But obviously we've seen this archetype work with Kath Scarlet, even though Kath Scarlet's ability is essentially blank in this entire list. Anyway um good on george uh, i think i recall a couple people commenting um social media or twitch chat and otherwise to mention they they have george in their local area and he's just been working through this list for a while and really putting the hurt on his his community with it too so it paid off yeah, he's got he's got those reps uh, moving on here, Anthony Marchand, a.k.a. Innkeeper16, with uh, with another Imperialist. Notice the name that we have not said uh, when it comes to Empire in a while is Darth Vader. Here we go. Is that a spoiler alert? Should we just say where he isn't? He's not in the cut at all. Well, the, pilot, the pilot's not in there. Yeah. True, the pilot. The pilot is in there. Vader here. pilot not even in the cut. That's crazy. It's, yeah, that's because it's fair and Especially balanced. once we start talking about how much Empire was in the cut as well. Oh, it's wait. not like Empire didn't show up. Yeah, oh, 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 it showed up. Let's keep it going here. So Anthony Marchand brought Vizier in that TIE Reaper with Imperial Super Commandos and Ablative Plating, as well as Captain Faroff in the TIE Reaper with Ruthless, the child targeting computers. Also brought five Black Squadron Ace TIE Fighters with Disciplined and Elusive on Wampa. So, uh, you know, all those cheap two-point TIE Fighters gave you enough, uh, enough room to end up fitting in those double Reapers. And obviously, Disciplined going off... Uh, gives that opportunity to give target locks um, as as you go uh, throughout the game so can be and was very good i think the one game that we got of anthony on stream uh things just didn't go his way so we didn't get to really see how good this list could be uh but it can be quite nasty well did we sorry i was reading something else for a moment did you really point out that it has Imperial Super Commandos, so there are not only the shots from all these ships happening in the round. There's potentially two more Mandos shooting yes. at you as well. Yeah, it, it is a full swarm. You got, what is that? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten potential shots in one turn if it all, if it all goes out. Love it. Love it. Let's keep it going here. Uh, Will, take a look at Kyle Borgo. All right. Uh, Kyle is flying the Galactic Republic. Uh, has Anakin Skywalker in the 7B with Crackshot R4P17 and Shield. Obi-Wan in the Delta 7. That's the calibrated laser targeting. Uh, Aether Sprite with Elusive and R2D2. Contrails Crackshot. 
R7A7, delayed fuses, Besh and proton bombs, then Hound uh, with C3PO, Corky Crease, Agile Gunner, 7 Fleet Gunner, and synchronized console. Uh, this is a very, very, very close list to what uh, we've seen do well in Republic at Gen Con uh, and some other events as well. Basically, you have the support piece with Hound, uh, you can pass out calculates with Corky Crease. Uh, you always have your, uh, your arc on target with the Agile Gunner, and every round here, because you don't care about your two dice attack, you're using that 7th Fleet Gunner and taking the weapons disabled to give an additional dice plus rerolls to multiple ships. You used to have Chopper. Uh, I think everyone was like, Chopper is like standard on Anakin, uh, has gone away from that now and is focusing on uh, the uh, P-17, uh, essentially what I call the pattern analyzer droid. You do a red maneuver, you get in action, and that allows uh, Anakin potentially to do a red maneuver, clear it with uh, his ability, take a R-4 P-17 action, his fine-tune controls action, and then his regular perform action step. Uh, that combination is very difficult to pin down uh, plus you have uh, obviously very defensive ships with Contrail and Obi-Wan in addition to that. Uh, so it's, it's, I think, now this is bold. Is this okay. the last true ace list mm. in X-Wing? You have to define ace in your words. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. This I, is I true. We have we ha we have gotten a lot of a lot of people have a different opinion about what that means. For I sure. mean, I, to me, double reposition, high initiative, passive defensive modifiers seems very acy. Where I come from, yeah, I mean, probably. Um, I would like to note. I think we've had uh, a few showings of this version of the Republic list that uh, was sort of. Uh, debuted in a way by Duncan at Gen Con when he won. Um, but I'm seeing a consistent thing that no one else is going back to bringing Chopper as the astromech on Anakin. And while they've done well, they haven't won since Duncan won. So are people making the right or wrong decision by making this adjustment to Anakin? While they're still performing good, um, is it is it the the, the unnecessary tweak to change it to this version versus just using the original or chopper version. What do you think? Uh, obviously the evade and the jam is strong, but is, is it uh, limiting though? Because you're taking those stress a lot, uh, you're essentially trading, you're just trading a force in for an evade action, mm -hmm. which I understand uh, that evades work on blanks, uh, but it it didn't seem to have, uh, or the ones I saw were focused on the evade and not so much the high initiative jam. Uh, I mean, it's, it's situational. You can either push for that jam early if you want, but most of the time when I heard when Duncan talked about how he played it, those evades were very valuable and utilized them in times at which uh, Anakin was likely going to clear it with his ability. Uh, he's got an ample amount of force with three. If it means that he could take an evade, mitigate one shot, but also reposition out of another, um, 
I mean, uh, getting two evades versus a shield upgrade. And granted, you don't have the Pattern Analyzer plus Anakin's ability to trigger for those red moves. But I think there, there's more to be used with Chopper than just having one extra shield and uh, another trick with red maneuvers. Especially that I-6 jam. That, that, once that gets going, that is ridiculously dangerous and hard to take it. Like, if you're trying to end game, like that Anakin already is difficult to deal with in the end game. Mm -hmm. But you probably don't need so those red maneuver tricks to perform in the end game, whereas that chopper can be key if you have to take a shot to get rid of a whole modification if you're in tight with them. So maybe then, uh, from what I'm, I'm imagining, who you're choppering and like who's the biggest threat to Anakin like that? Uh, Darth Vader Defender and X1 Vader, two other high initiative X1s or two high initiative pilots who love their tokens and actions. Uh, so maybe with the, I wouldn't say decrease, there's plenty of Vaders in there, but a decrease of Vaders in the cut, it might not be as much of an issue to get those jams out. Uh, you know, I, I think it's it's a little bit of, uh, with this particular archetype and, and, and list, and I put enough games with it, with the Chopper version, and also tried a couple without uh, leading up to, to the XCC. I, it's very situational because there's there's times where Chopper does absolutely nothing the entire mm -hmm. game, but then there's times that it does a lot, uh, and there's times that the spare parts did a lot. Actually, not times. There was one time that spare parts did a lot. <laughs> it was like a bailout once. Um, but the other versions that 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 are this, whether whether it's this one with the shield upgrade or whether it's the ones that swap out uh, C-3PO for Satine. Uh, they're, they're, they all basically play the same, and it's all very situational. I think that this list is, is going to always perform well, but it's always going to have some uh, some struggle against certain lists. Like, um, it'll struggle struggle against, like, a high alpha or, or a high damage swarm. Like, if you have six, seven, eight ships that can put out a serious amount of damage, they'll chew through... Uh, something like a hound in a round or two, something like the list that we just saw above with, you know, 10 firing arcs out there. I don't care how many times you're repositioning, you're going to end up in four or five of them. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if, you know, it depends on how, how it's flown. So it, it's a great list, but it's also, uh, it's susceptible to the, to the green dice, um, just like any other three agility lists out there. And it's also susceptible to, uh, just having a bad matchup and having a, you know flying against something that's that's shooting six seven times and then what you know what are you gonna do? That force will run out pretty quick. Just to clarify for Kyle, if you're listening, this is not meant to pick on you specifically. It's just we've seen this this version of this Anakin show up a couple times, mm -hmm. done well, but hasn't gone over the top. So I right. just wanted to bring it up now that we've seen the success of the original. We've seen some tweaks and a lot of people sometimes in list building from after seeing successful lists on events occur, they want to pick it up and then they make slight adjustments and tweaks, which can be good or bad. It's good to review them from time to time and see how it's actually gone. 
All right, our next list is comes to us from Eric Flipster Monte. Yes, this is Flipster, uh, one of the main devs on the Tabletop Simulator mod, was a walk-on for this tournament and uh, did really well with an Imperial list. Take it, Marcel. All right, so you've got uh, Hall Runner with Swarm Tactics Crack Shot. Um, Mauler Mythyl with Crackshot and Jamming, that's two I-5. Hall Runner with Storm Tactics is bumping Wampa with Elusive up to another I-5. So you have three ships shooting at I-5 at this point. Uh, then you have Scourge Skudu. Uh, Scourge is a four, I believe. Five? Okay, so that's one, two, three. He's the, he's the bullseye fiver. Got it. So you've got five ships shooting at I... No, one, two, three, four ships shooting at I-5. And then you've got Iden, Gideon, Hask, and the Jingo um, at uh, I-4. So you've got four ships at I-5, three ships at I-4. And with Howl Runner, um, very consistent damage output with Iden, you still have that mulligan in your in your bag and then with guinea and hask um not though doesn't have the any 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 way to get four dice out there other than range one but guinea and hask becomes a three die gun very easily when you have hall runner mall scourge and wampa shooting at i5 like guinea and hask will have plenty of opportunities to be a three dice gun at that at that initiative as well uh went in with with the crack shots and the ruthless um on iden so so again not really uh not really going with 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 with, with a gun that gets you to three dice by itself but that crack shot might as well be a third dice when you're in the bullseye mm -hmm. so um yeah, it's very, I, I saw. I also played and lost in uh, my 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 Swiss against a a not not him against another one that had like Hall Runner Wampa I five. Yeah. Uh, so another version. Basically, it was the exact same list I was flying, but he swapped out instead of Countdown, he had um, Hall Runner, and instead of one of the jingles, he had Wampa. Everything else was the same. Very. I mean, that's that's a really good take uh, i like that a lot especially if you're gonna fly it as a as a swarm and in combination how runner guaranteeing those those mods before you know instead of relying on only uh killing yourself with ruthless <laughs> giving how runner an opportunity to to save you that damage is, is, is a really good idea so the people that made that call seem to have made the right call All right, we got a couple more here for our top eight. We have uh, Gary Ball bringing a, another variation on a first order list. Take it, Ryan. We'll start with uh, Kylo in the Silencer back in his original, well, so, somewhat original ship. Um, for people who remember a long, long time ago, Kylo first came in the Upsilon show. Uh, this is true. <laughs> yeah, remember that guy. That was random. Like, what? Uh, this is Extreme Maneuver, Sensor Scrambler, Advanced Proton Torpedo Kylo. Probably my favorite iteration. 
Um, I see it a lot of times. I play Cody Wood. Uh, we have Breach with Proud Tradition, Feedback Ping, Advanced Proton Torpedoes, and Plasma Torpedoes. We have Nightfall, Fanatical, Prockets, Sensor Scrambler, Enhanced Jamming Suite, and then Commander Malrus in the Zai Shuttle, not Malrus FO, everyone, with Proud Tradition, Biohack Strip Codes, Sensor Buoy, Tactical Officer, and Captain Phasma. So what I see here are three ships who have big five-dice guns that want uh that have the capability to get double mods kylo's self-contained nightfall can get helped by malrus whether it's coordinate for the reposition to get the bullseye or a target lock um malrus i had to double check this because i haven't looked at malrus to work on a non-primary attack just so i know for sure if that's true or not Malrus, it's a primary. Okay, just had to make sure. Um, so unless you set up Breach to do his, oh, we got sensor buoys. Never mind. That's the how buoys. Breach is double mod the first one. It's hey, are you near a buoy? Neat. I'm gonna shoot you with a plasma torpedo. Kylo's probably went super fast near you, and Nightfall might be there super fast too because they both have sensor scramblers and they can cloak, decloak, move very fast. So this seems like, hey, if I want to uh, come at you quick with big guns with really good mods, I'm going to do it. Uh, if I don't want to and I want to deke you out and cloak away and then cut back in in a pincer maneuver, it's also there too. And Breach can system phase boost as well. So these ships are, it's an alpha strike that is not easily predictable. Do you know what this reminds me of? Is uh, our last champions list uh, utilizing Kylo Ren and Breach mm. uh, and an Upsilon shuttle, but essentially just divided that Upsilon shuttle into Malaris and a jamming Nightfall? That's right. Yeah, that was yep. the, the 2021. Yeah, yes. And in that one, and that's that was actually interesting, and I thought in my mind when I read out the Breach loadout is the that breach had ion torps and then had room for the seismic charges for three points which could still be a viable take um but that had a, had the funny trick of seismicking your own tabs in to do actions yeah. with Tavzin's ability in 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 the same phase the bomb went off, which was ridiculously tricky, especially when if Tavzin just decided to land on an obstacle and you're just like, it's not there anymore. Plus, here's all these actions. So <laughs> I'm Tavzin, ha 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 ha. But Tavzin's uh, extended currently. So. All right. Well, are they are they gonna there are they ever gonna let that boy back in? I don't I don't know. No. <laughs> I don't know. They're still trying to sell. Are they going to re-release the Upsilon? They're trying. They're still trying to sell first edition Upsilon. So I don't (laughs) think so. Please take this. I I bet they would be able to sell new ones if because I I I was rewatching some of the movies recently. If the wings actually folded down like they're supposed. All the articulation. Yeah, like because they were supposed yeah, to go like, like inside they, like, of each extend other. Extend and then retract. Yeah, so so they like so like if you imagine like knuckles here, so if, like they they bring in and they like come out and V up. So they're not actually like like the, how how the models are now. They don't just go up and that's it. They telescope like in and out. 
telesco telescopic. That's the way to describe them. Yes. Yeah. I'd, I'd buy another one. <laughs> articulating stuff. I mean, I never thought I'd need another B-Wing, and then the, the B-Wing had all the articulated movements, and I was like, yeah, give me another one. <laughs> now, that was our top eight. Well, we're going to do some quick hits on the top 16. Just you guys can get some other ideas of what else came. And we did technically have 20 people make the cut, uh, but just to kind of do some quick hits. You guys ready for some rapid fire here? Here we go. Yes. Crispy, Christopher Patrick in the top 16 with his patented Kylo Ren in the tie whisper, Malaris, Scorch, Dread, and Grudge all fixed he out the, the way he has. He was the only qualifier winner in the top cut, correct? Uh, correct. He was the only qualifier he winner in the. Bold prediction. It was so close. It's so close. So close. Uh, keep it going. Will. All right. Uh, shout out to. Uh, this would be Tim King uh, flying a Luminara, Obi-Wan, Click, Contrail, and Hound list. So essentially has swapped out uh, Anakin uh, for Luminara and Click in the list. Uh, that's a four and a three-point ship. Um, most of the other things are similar, though is uh, notably running Satine and Corky uh, to be able to hand out uh, depletes and evades, or depletes and focuses and evades and disarms. Uh, but that is a, a very interesting take, squeezing a fifth ship into the list, mm -hmm. uh, better for objectives overall. Marcel? Uh, Joe Churchman flying uh, Bosk Rook, uh, Bosking the YV, Rook Gauntlet and the Gauntlet Fighter, Gamut Key in the Hawk 290, and I have a ship that I love. I wish I'd see more of him out there with Elusive Dead Man Switch, False Transponder Codes, and Targeting Computer. He's an awesome ship, uh, especially with that specific loadout. I like that loadout a lot. Um, just throw him in there, jam people up. Uh, roll be a 3.3 gun for agility ship in some games. And, um, yeah, I like this list. I think the last one I want to point out here is Jeff Moore. Take it, Ryan. Uh, the only separatist list in cut. Uh, Jeff Moore bringing Django, Grievous, Bombardment Drone, and... DFSO81 and Separatist Drone, so it's the five ship where it's three droids, Grievous and Django. Grievous is a standard loadout car, we know what he is. This is a Savage Oppressed Django with more illicits with veteran tail gunner, not bombs. Oh, and it does have bomb mines, never mind, because it's not Palpatine. And opted for independent calc instead of delayed fuses on the buff armor Joe. You can go either way, Discord missiles on the vultures. All right. As for some stats, let's get you guys some stats because I know, I know, I know y'all like stats. Uh, for the cut, wait, wait, we had. Wait. Yes. Let, let's let's uh, do. Did you write down or do you remember what all the predictions, the bold predictions, and everything were? Uh, no, I think t there's lots of time, unfortunately. No record I, of them, I so. don't remember. Uh, <laughs> too bad. All I know uh, is Crispy uh, ruined my, the one I was I had, well, but all I, the other ones, I mean. I was two for two. No Rebels in the cut. Best Rebel was three and two. 
and Cam Murray won with, and I also said a three point, I mean, a, a three ship list would win. So a, a three ship list won, Cam won specifically, and no rebels in the cut. Three I'll, three. Give you, uh, I'll give you two for that because the no rebels in the cut was not a was not a bold prediction. Bold. <laughs> I think we called that uh, out as very no, 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 but We it was, did. It was three. So we'll call it two uh, for two. Call of two, two and a half. Uh, two point five. There you go. Two point five. I got about maybe half a point for getting uh, my prediction of six ships in the final. There was seven. One of them was a two point jinguist, though. That barely counts. You barely own, counts. Uh, how many galaxy qualifiers were there? Five. Okay, so there are five of them. You sing, uh, so that means I got so crispy one two. Well, there was right? really only four, but yeah. Yeah. Four winners. So crispy may cut the only one out of the qualifier winners. So I was three out of four. Almost I was there. Oh, point two five points awarded for that prediction. All the way around. Point seven five. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. None of my bold <laughs> predictions came true, and that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. I had my, my champions were there. I, a couple of people I had called out to be like, all right, time to step up. And uh, I was watching as they as they slowly fell. But props, props, props. But it was funny. I did see people. Uh, I got tagged a couple times on Discord. Be like, Dion, why'd you call me on the podcast? <laughs> I had to. This is, this is part of the game. All right. I had no pressure. Now I have pressure. <laughs> Oop, I'm sorry. Um. As for faction stats, because people love, people love, love, love uh, their uh, their stats here. Out of the 20 lists that made the cut, uh, eight of them, eight of them were for the Empire. Zero Republic, excuse me, zero Rebel lists, two Republic lists, one Separatist, three Scum and Villainy, five First Order, and one resistance list the top cut rate does actually end up coming out of the first order with uh, 14 total in swiss a 35 percent 35.71 percent cut rate followed closely behind the galactic empire 29 out of the 108 lists um and had a 27 and a half percent cut rate list mm. good good stuff all right, here's my question to you, my friends. We have wrapped up this season at the perfect time. New points literally around the corner in two days. What do you want to see changed? What big swings, if you could have one change that you want to happen, what would that be? And for those of you listening in the chat, uh, maybe you're watching on YouTube right now, let us know in the comments uh, or on Discord. Like, what what is – if you could change one thing, whether that be slots, that's um, uh, points for something, uh, something that, that happens on those point sheets, what is it that you'd want to see? You got something for me, Marcel? I, I've got – one thing. I mean, there's just there's so much. How do you narrow the main, more I want, perfection? Maybe that's the difficult part of the question. That's the part. That's the hard part of the question. I want if you could change one. If how about if basically if you had a wish list, what would be at the top of that?
Oh, the brains. I, I have one if you're not go, ready. Go for myself. it, Will. Use the account. So, this is going to be a broad stroke, but. Take it. I understand their reasoning for two-point ships in the game. Man, they did a whole interview about it. Five better podcast. I would like them to reevaluate two-point ships across all factions. Uh, the Vultures, they seem to be doing fine. Nobody even flies the energy shell prototypes. They go right for the Initiative 3 Discord um, mm-hmm. Vultures. So I don't really see any problem with those. Uh, last points update when it the empire only had access to obsidians and night beast as their two point ships i don't think there was a lot of like complaints about the obsidians night beast was obviously very powerful at two points uh especially in an an objective based environment Uh, but the list building has i think hurt a lot of or the the lack of two point ships has actually hurt a lot of factions uh as far as like essentially the combinations that they can run. I just think that they chose the wrong two point ships when they originally came out with the loadout value. Uh, You could do like uh, Overseer Yushin, which nobody's gonna know who that is, but it's a scum mining guild with basically a blank ability. You can throw Zeb or Caption Rex out there in the, the, Rebels, right? Uh, obviously, BB-8 works as a two-point ship. Nobody mm-hmm. seems to be like, oh, BB-8's in every list. You got to fly BB-8. No, he slots in there when you know, you need your fourth ship just to round out your list. You'd rather run a four-point Cavs versus, like, say, a six-point Tim and Wexley or something. Right. Uh, so, and obviously, like, the the jinguist and wampa no no you get out of here uh <laughs> that you could do like valon valon's fine nobody's complaining about valon being a two-point ship you could maybe find like sin with like out marksmanship or something like that i uh, could fit in for your two-point ship uh and obviously like the tie fighters should like the like i said the obsidians what are what are the generics right now uh the black uh disciplines right mm-hmm. yep those seem fine um nobody seems to be like as concerned about them so maybe they could stay as the two-point ship uh like same very similar with the vultures as i mentioned that nobody seems to really be too worried about them but vultures do have a cap though i think that might be the difference is that you have like the three discord ones mm-hmm. and then you have the three energy shell ones so then your last two are just uh without loadout naked, them. yeah yeah so like they kind of have a soft cap of only six anyways and they don't have a powerful effect like Aiden to protect them they have relays but you got to bring whole, a whole other ship to be doing that um so that doesn't seem to be a problem um but yeah the the tie fighters um have been very strong the two pointers so that would be my uh one change is just to re reevaluate two point ships and where what role they should be filling so in x-wing kind of a i don't know how uh methodology question for you will on to bounce off of that um do you think in in a broad stroke a fat each faction should have a choice of either 
many twos that are not great, right? They're just, their abilities barely matter. They're generics that with like almost no points, whatever. And some threes that are okay. And then the flip side is not a lot of twos, still not great, but pretty good threes. Because I think like yep. factions okay. like, so all those scum just won, right? A lot of some of the scum players have had their concerns about the only good three-point ship in scum is pretty much Gamut and uh -huh. maybe a CQ once in a while, well, like Layton. Yeah. I mean, like, I, act I actually like Layton and, and Ultra, but that's uh, but they can yeah. only bring ion cannons. Again, now you're not even bringing the ship for its damage c contribution. Yeah, but um, so like in that instance, you could have a singular two-point that's on the level of like BB-8 resistance. Mm, yeah, that, and then like hobby was like not like contrail, like those were oh, not no. the two point ships. Yeah, no, I, wrong, I, wrong I choices there. I, yeah, I, I, no, I think no. the, the two point level need to be like Ninjruzi ninety five or like BB eight. Ninjruzi seems fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Uh, do uh, do swoop uh, naked swoop in the torrent would be my pick for sure. Republic sure. or even like, or even one of the. Have what? fun boosting, dude. Like, have great. Like, one of the Z95s that never used in Yeah. Sure. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, make it Knack. Who's, well, wait. No, he's I5. No, no, I5. no, no. Yeah, he's no, too good. <laughs> sure. But, yeah, so so what's your what's your question is that uh, I think, well, I think I understand the question that I think one, like the BB-8, the BB-8 might have been the testing ground of just like one like find your worst named ship and make it two points uh bb even has loadout too like and he still is doing fine out there at uh um so at is, two is points there even a ship in the game that doesn't have loadout because i think that they want to be able to let people put loadout on ships i think they they oh, got sure. away from putting zero on stuff uh there. i'm trying but to think of small, i think everything has a loadout now except the autopilot drone i don't know to to the asb to the, the autopilot the autopilot drone oh yeah well that never had slots though so yeah, i don't know if that's to begin the with, exact yeah. same uh to the asb loadout cost zero to zero uh, you have the Obsidian TIE Fighter and the Trade Federation drone. Uh, both two-point ships who are outclassed by another two-point ship. Uh, the Separatist uh, drone and the Black Squadron TIE Fighter. Yeah. So basically, uh, unless you... And all their named counterparts. Of course, yeah. yeah. Unless you really love that Initiative 1 or the Initiative 2, not really uh, worth flying. But yeah, I think that like the one, the uh, like spamming the generics, I think I actually do think was a great idea of keeping that just to vultures and tie fighters. Uh, seeing like seven Z95s out there for rebels, while I would love, uh, it's not really like in faction theme. So right. uh, I I think they have made a lot of good decisions about it, but I I would like a. Uh, at least a two-point ship in each faction. It really would, uh, I think, help out. Um, a couple archetypes, get a lot of archetypes up to five ships again. Yeah. Uh, versus just restricted to four. All right. Okay. So if I were to make one change, 
Um, at minimum, Chaff needs to go up in points. I'm willing to ban it, though, completely. Which sounds heavy-handed, but it feels like a card now that we've experienced it in the game. We've seen it on Fire Sprays. We've seen it on FO... Alpha Bombers are the main defender. Yes. We've seen it effective on Fire Sprays of all kinds. We've seen it effective on um, Y-Wings. Resistance Y-Wing with uh, Lega. We can take it. BB-8. Uh, Astromech. Um, for a while, we've seen it on some Cad Banes. We've seen it... Uh, I've used it on Tarkin in the Republic, who is the only ship who can take it, but I brought it because it was three points and it could take chaff. People done right. that in Separatist with a Hyena Bomber, too. Um, while it is very effective and in some way a check on high initiative or token stacking alphas or high defense in some capacity, I think how its mechanics work and how it can be utilized is it's either going to exist in two two ways as long as it's allowed to exist in the game. It's either going to be pointed out of play and it's going to be used in very niche situations or people just using it like kind of electro-proton bomb. People use it for fun sometimes, but it's not competitive because it's too many points and it probably needs to stay that way. Um, chaff, as four points right now, is, is ridiculously too low. Um, I think people would still be willing to pay eight points for that because it's loadout. And any any ship that has enough loadout that can take it will take it or can take it. Um, so uh, at least it needs to go up in points because there's enough chassis that consider taking it. It's not just an FO bomber problem. Um, Chaff is clearly very good at not just fighting against alphas or token sectors. It's just good against everything. Yeah. Right? It hurts everything. Um, there are ways to play around it. Sure, you can do passive mods. You can start using turrets. You don't have to point your ship at something that's carrying a chaff. But I think with how scenarios are in the game um, and how you generally have to exist in a certain space, a chaff cloud is also going to exist in that space if you want to exist in that area as well. So um, I can go either way. I'd say you can point it up really high, but I think it's going to be either it's going to be pointed so high it's never going to be used, or if it's viable, it's too good. It's, it's, it's that borderline thing. It's such a hard, fine line to have to the point where maybe it does need to be banned. Even though it's a brand a newish card that hasn't even been out a year, maybe? When did Fury First Order come out? Uh, yeah, it's been about it's been about a year, but I mean sometimes it's what you gotta do, right? That happens yeah. that happens in competitive games all the time. Hey, so let me ask you guys, do any of you feel like we'd be missing something major if this card was banned? I mean the, I know the, you don't like bands, I, Will. I, I I if it was just straight banned, um I think we could go back to regular x-wing where people just aren't launching stuff at you uh before you even even start fighting because that that was like that was a you, like like dion you played it you've played that a yes. list with two carrying electro chaff yeah i flew it in xtc as well how much time does it take out of a game to place one of those physically Oh, a bunch. Like, like it's 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 not. Uh, if, a, sometimes it's horrible if you're throwing it at an area. Oh yeah, if you're like underneath of three ships, uh -huh. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
Imagine if two lists each had two electro chaff missiles. That sounds like a nightmare to play physically. Yeah. I yeah, I did throw it at a swarm at Gen Con. It was like it was like eight minutes. <laughs> Probably something like that. Cause we were being careful. Um Yeah. Cause I mean, if part of it it's the it's the fuse problem, right? Because it's not just like a bomb. It's not something where it's like, oh yeah, that that definitely hit. We can just kind of approximate it. Like you have to put it out there accurately because the placement matters because it's it's an obstacle. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe the way around that uh, Ryan is is maybe a middle ground is some type of of errata rather than a ban on on what it does. Um, that might That's be a way. Be my follow up questions. What do you think could keep it in the game? For me, it's the stress. Like, stress it's, has got to go. Stress is the first thing that has to go. Yeah, I, I think even if it's a 50-50, I think that stress hurts more in, in the future. Make it, make it a deplete. Else. Make it double jam. Make it literally anything but that stress. Uh, there, there should not be effects that stress you before your dial. I don't. Yeah, that's as someone who's I, done. Yeah. As someone I, who's been on the both ends of that, uh, it's not appropriate it's, for because if someone's like, I'm gonna, I got this red move. I'm gonna, I'm gonna plan for them to get in front of me. I'm gonna get behind them. Like if you throw a chaff on them and they get stressed, it's like the worst. Like sorry, you just gotta yeah, do now they're yeah now they're stressed and they're out of the fight. They're jammed, getting lit up. Like the other round game, rather the fight maybe for two rounds, two whole rounds before they can what K turn, like completely neuters the ship. I think the jam and break locks would still be enough, and you'd I'd still want it to go up in points, but yeah, that stress needs to go if you're gonna rata it for sure. All right, let's keep it going, Marcel. What would be your one change? All right, so you uh, you challenged me here, so I took time to do some homework. Because um, if I'm only going to have one change, it's going to change everything. So what I would do is, well, I'm going to start off by saying it, it's with the loadout points, not with the ship cost points yet. Okay. Um, so even though the, the, the ships obviously need balance. So I'm going to read off from the top to the bottom from where we, you know, from the winner on down to like the top eight or nine. Okay. Um, so I was doing a number, loadout points. 50, 51, 67, 55, then 33. The 33 happened to be the uh, a personal choice. That was the academy pilots that only had the, the two points. So they have the potential of using the ISB jingoists or other two-pointers that have more loadout, but they opted for the lower loadout, you know, for other reasons. So it's 33, 59. 36, 59, 58 loadout points. I personally flew 44. Then I went down to the um, best resistance list because resistance is basically the, um, excuse me, I mean with those Y-wings, 76. 76 loadout points on the best resistance list. And then the best rebel list, which did not make the cut, 45. Um, so, I would make a sweeping change to say you you're limiting us to 20 ship points per per squad and also limit us to 40 40 loadout points per squad 
that adds the choice back to, okay, I have to choose whether I'm going to load out my Luke with 20 points or I'm going to drop a torpedo from Luke so I can get a really good crew on my Han Solo or something like that. You know, that's that's now you're starting to sacrifice uh, choices and mm -hmm. just and also it um, it allows, you know, again, if you're doing if you're looking through this the rebels the best that rebels could muster in far as far as you know how many loadout points they can put out was like 45 they can still put out maybe 40 that leaves a little bit less but it just just by doing that and lowering the loadout points of some of the competition that have either more numbers out there or more uh more numbers as far as two-point ships mm -hmm. or just bigger hitting guns like the one that cam flew um if you take 10, 10 loadout points off of Cam's list, that 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 brings it back to the level of a of that same rebel list that made you know it was like um, three and two rebel list at forty mm -hmm. points. So now your 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 that rebel list can compete with those top lists. Uh, Crispy's list is at fifty eight. Um, without changing anything, you take eighteen points out of Crispy's list. Now you have to make choices and that list you're going to have to, you know, it, it's, it's not the monster that it is because you're, you're getting rid of some serious, some serious, um, things there. Right. Yeah. So there's some pieces to, you can't, you're not allowed to yeah, have. There's some serious pieces that you can't have. So that would be my, I know they're not going to do it. How but would how would, would you put standard loadouts into that? Would they just have a set? Fifteen points of loadout. Well, if it's existing, if it, you know, afterburners. That's an existing. That's well, I'm existing. saying that like you just expect them to assign a loadout that it's taking up out of your squad. Yeah, then. yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. So you're doing a stand, again. If it's a, and I know they're giving discounts, like standard discounts. If, if <laughs> standard discounts <laughs> bye bye yeah. bye so if your luke is seven points with your own loadout or six points with the standard loadout then and the standard loadout would equal 20 points if you put all those things individually just mm -hmm. like you said pointed out at 15 or something just to get the, the value because you don't have the choice of swapping in and out so that's personally what i would do is do uh 20 points for ships 40 points for loadouts and keep the loadout high so that you can still a lot of people say hey i want to load my you know my ship or at least the ship that i like with everything i want to put 25 points on my decimator go right ahead you got 15 left to spread across the the rest of your support squad so so it also what, would what, be what, what came to the result of 40 why not a nice round 50 uh, just looking at what was at the top is the top was 50, 51, 67, 55, 33, 59, 36, 59, 58. Uh, and those stuff that did not make the cut, uh, I started doing stuff like, and they were in the, in the mid forties, typically. I mean, there was some in the thirties, 40, 45. And that's why I thought with 40, everybody's having to make, 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 make choices because, um, uh, most everything was, even the stuff that didn't make the cut was like 44, 45. If you're only punishing the, the, the lists that are 
or not punishing. That that's why I came up with forty because I saw that most of the people. I, I didn't go all the way down. I just went to like uh, the top. Right, you're saying that nine. it would affect every list more or it, less. It would affect most lists uh, but it would affect the lists that didn't make the cut less than the ones that made the cut the list that made the cut definitely had more loadout points than the ones that didn't make the cut mm -hmm. and, and that's just um i mean that's just been x-wing ever since the start right like like value are you getting your values worth are you getting the jingles are they getting their value at two are they getting their uh that value includes the loadout so are they, you know i a, a a lat is so good because not not the lat ship is innately amazing it's the lat is a good ship that oh by the way has 22 points to play with i like 40 just from a organizational standpoint like it's 20, double 40. it's yeah it's double of 20 like it's kind of an easy <laughs> number to remember um it also, I mean, this would be more for casual play. Uh, I know, crazy. We're talking about casual play. Very rare. Um, but but uh, you could also, it, it kind of reminds me of Mario Kart, where you can end up with, like, different levels. You're like, all right, today we're playing, um, you know, a 60 loadout tournament. And today we're playing a 40 loadout tournament. Oh, we're going hardcore today. We're going for a, a 15 loadout across your entire squad you know you could uh do something like that for casual um but yeah the uh the number one change i want to see uh, this is uh, you guys thought you were using broad strokes for me I, I, the broadest of strokes we've been in this meta even though it has evolved as of late for a very long time right it's it's been a while and i just want to start seeing new lists i want to see enough change that people actually have to reconsider what they are bringing because that's that th what i always find the most fun is those first couple months where we're just digging and digging for new stuff all right for, for news what is the next big thing and if only a couple things change it can be um that 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 evolution period can end, can end up being quite small, uh, but I I am looking forward to seeing what they do. AMG has a lot of tournament data, um, much more than when the the last set of changes they made, and I uh, I look forward to seeing what it ends well, up being. What's your suggestion then? What what would really flip the script for every list? Because I do agree with you that like every new points update, people are like can I fly my old list? Yeah. So like what, I, what does it take to fly my old list? You make you make a decision to either everything is more expensive or everything is cheaper. Like you, you got to go in in one of those directions where if you make everything just a little bit more expensive, obviously list sizes shrink and the value on every ship has to be reevaluated, right? Or you know, what, what if they what if they did this? This is it right now. What if we just go? 
trip and like more things get more expensive and some more things get cheaper <laughs> yeah exactly and that, that's that's another thing you can pull either of those sides and start making some pretty extreme changes let's just talk about um high initiative ships right most x-wing players love high initiative ships like they're the most popular ships people are like what well, do you want to fly in a perfect world you're like give me anything with initiative six that's what people would feel like right um like if the cost starts if the you know if what ryan says if the cost starts going down on those high initiatives but then you also say well that's happening maybe they have limited loadout because that cost is going out but also maybe we're gonna let some more two points in the door right there you got some different things that could end up happening to really shake it out um as for like ship balance right now uh, i'm not sure where that would end up being but overall i want to see i want to see some i want to see some change i just want to see some stuff get shaken up all right as as much as we love jingle jingle wampa because we even went out and made a christmas card for it uh you know like i want to see a different solution for 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 the empire i want to see that that those archetypes continuing to uh to evolve well, friends, with that, we are closing the book on the Galactic Championship Series this year. The Battle of Exegol was awesome. As for what is next on the docket, uh, we are in the planning phase on the Flight Club Championship League. More details to come on that. As for in-person play stuff that we are associated with next weekend, uh, or sorry, not next weekend, weekend after after next, we'll panic for a second. For a second. We'll, <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> it's like next weekend. I got plans. <laughs> will will be in Buffalo uh, covering a community style event that's happening there. Also that same weekend, uh, Golden State Games is holding their um, uh, the California uh, World Qualifier. If you're in that area, head out to that tournament. Uh, that's going to be a good one. And uh, yeah, just hang out with us. Continue hanging out on Discord, on YouTube. We got plenty of games going out uh, every day. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing what these changes are on Wednesday. We, of course, will be live the following Monday. And we'll, we will have had at that point almost a week to really start diving in and taking a look at what those changes end up being. And what's the actual release date for those standard loadout cards? Is that this Friday? 28th is 20th. the street date. I will say, though, that uh, on Wednesday, we're playing with the new points. They normally come out. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, well, always play with the new points. Never. Uh, correct. This is, oh, this is the uh, correct choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let the past die. It's fine. Um, the, uh, but yes. Hopefully, they will release. They've been pretty consistent, like afternoon. Uh, yeah. They don't normally wait till like the the because they're Pacific time. They don't normally wait until like the end of their work day. Mm -hmm. They probably do it and try to get those out in the morning. So yep. uh, that's going to be exciting. If uh, on Wednesday, if we're not playing with the new points, we're going to be list building with them. Uh, so with me and James going to be trying to get extrapolate as much data from there as possible. That's right. And then once we have that uh that trench run, Marcel, you're gonna have to come over. We could get a stream some some trench runs. Yeah, I wanna do it. I wanna uh, yeah, I wanna do that. 
and uh, we don't have a date yet, right? For for the showdown? No, we gotta we gotta we gotta figure Ryan that out. In his belt. <laughs> Ryan's like, excuse me. <laughs> I we'll have, have to summon the belt. <laughs> we we will we'll find out. Well, for everybody at home, uh, remember to be smart. Remember to continue being safe. Gold Squadron. <laughs>